Before we get started, I wanted to let you know that the Women's Social Club chapters are open now in Atlanta, Boston, Charlotte, Chicago, D.C., Denver, Jacksonville, Florida, Memphis, Miami, New York City, Pasadena, California, Wilmington, North Carolina, with multiple chapters in Raleigh, North Carolina, and the surrounding areas. If you're in those cities, come join us at thewomensocialclub.co. And if you don't hear your location, visit our website and click start your own chapter. We'll see you soon and let's get to the show. It's been fun balancing. Are we a hotel? Are we a venue? Are we a bar? Well, we're all three. I can pinpoint moments in this process through renovating or how we spend our money or where I felt like I should have done one thing. But an expert in the field told me I should do it this way. And sometimes they're, they're probably right, they're the expert, but like, because you're the one doing this. This is my vision, not theirs. So I'm a hustler, streamless, love dealers, I'm that kind of girl. Work hard, play hard, for my own heart, might just rule the world. Welcome to the Women's Social Club, a women-supporting women group where we make it easier to connect with new friends and our communities while supporting our local women-owned businesses. I'm Hannah Weisberg, founder and CEO of WSC, and today's guest is Sarah Shepard, co-owner and general manager of the Heights House Hotel, a luxury nine-room boutique hotel and event space in downtown Raleigh, restored from a house built in 1858. You know, one of my favorite things in having a podcast is going to different locations and recording live in front of a Women's Social Club audience. A few weeks ago, we were live from the Glasshouse Kitchen with Sarah Abernethy, and we have in-person episodes coming up soon with Megan Gillikin live from the University Club in Durham, Jess Averhart live from RBF Champagne Bar in Cary, Kaylin Leggett and Leslie Brown live from Haven Farm in Raleigh, and Kaylee Scott live from Taryn Thomas in New York City. Be sure to check out the show notes for tickets. And today we're live from Heights House, where we got a drink at the parlor. The staff brought us some light bites and we got to hang out with Sarah in the basement lounge. Now Sarah grew up in the military So she bounced around from Germany to Ohio to California and ended up going to college in Kentucky where she studied psychology. She's been in Raleigh for 12 years now and she found herself in the corporate tech world at Citrix. I probably learned the most of things that helped me today in owning a business. I learned a ton from the corporate world, but I also sat there in misery most days. (laughs) You know, know, I'm sure most people had a corporate job. Yeah. The people were wonderful. I still have some of my best friends that it worked in the corporate world with me, but I was just sad. And honestly, it was probably my biggest driving force in starting Heights House was when I was there. Actually, the first people I ever told was my boss there. I was like, what do you think of this crazy idea? Here's my business plan. (laughs) Well, let's hear more about the crazy idea and what's become of it now. It actually all started because Sarah happened to live in a pretty old neighborhood downtown. I mean, I've lived in this neighborhood the whole time I've been in Raleigh and I would walk to Citrix every day and walk by this house. And it's funny, you know, we were talking a little bit earlier, if you've seen, if you knew the house before, it was hidden. I mean, it was run down. 
the growth, it was hard to notice and it sits back on the property. So even a lot of people driving by every day didn't even know it was here. But I walked by every day and I was like, wow, I've, I've always loved old buildings and architecture. And so I just admired it for a long time. Uh, and then when I, when I was still at Citrix and getting this itch to really do something else with my life, I was like, Jeff, my husband, Jeff, I was like, what do you think? I mean, I can't be the first person that's thought about making this place a hotel, but do you think we could really do it? He was like, write a business plan and just see what happens. And I was like, no, I'm going to make it happen. <laughs> like I, it was, a, it was just like, I'm going to do this. I don't know how, but it's going to happen because mm-hmm. I want to do something unique for Raleigh, unique for us. Uh, we're avid travelers and love staying in places like this, but I didn't feel like Raleigh was had anything like it. And it's growing so much and people are visiting a lot. I wanted something for Raleigh and the people who live here, but also people who are visiting. I didn't yes. feel like we had any unique place to send them. And there's other great hotels here, but... I just felt like it needed to happen and it could have been someone else to do it. But I, in that moment was like, I am doing this. You made a, you made a I made a decision. Yeah. People were like, how did you make it happen? I'm like, I don't know. I just talked to a lot of people and decided it was happening. Yes. I feel like that's the thing. It's like active decision. Yeah. And so I knew much. in my head, like, this is going to open and it's going to be a hotel. And I pictured it and I'm like, this is happening. And then I just, it just unfolded. It was a little bit of luck, but a lot of hard work. Yeah. And I mean, it wasn't an easy or quick transaction no. from what I remember. Like what was, what was that um, like? I think I wrote the business plan in 2016 and then we like, st- my, my best friend is a real estate agent. So it was like, uh, who owns it? It wasn't for yeah. sale. Yeah. And then like, how do we figure out how to sell to us? And then, <laughs> How do we get financing? And then it was just like a talking to people. I, I was no expert in this. I'd never done yeah. it. Um, it was just finding the right people, figuring out one step at a time. And then, yeah. I think that's one of the things about getting started in anything that you've never done before mm-hmm. is just taking the first step. Mm-hmm. Like that that quote about just needing to take the first step and you don't need to see the whole staircase. Sometimes it's good mm-hmm. because if you saw the mm-hmm. whole staircase and how many stairs you're going to have to mm-hmm. climb, you probably wouldn't do it. Right. Like I get asked all the time, would, yes. you, if, would you do it again? And I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. I, honestly, I'm so happy most days and I'm so like, I love what we've, we've accomplished and we opened, but man, there was days where I was like, what am I doing? This is really hard. And I also had two kids in the process, so that was... Yeah, we're going to get... Yeah. (laughs) I can't even believe Maybe not do that (laughs) at the same time. Yes. But I will say, just on on top of that, if you're starting a business, start thinking about it. My biggest piece of advice is just to talk to everyone. Tell everyone what you're thinking. Like I told my boss, who was an entrepreneur, I talked to anyone that would listen. I was like, this is what I'm thinking. Do you think I'm crazy? Who should I talk to? What am I doing? You know, I've had so many jobs that have helped... Like I mentioned, that it helped me in being successful here, customer service or event planning and things like that. But I'd never opened a hotel. So I found those people, found the right architects. I had done historic work. I had found the right builder, you know, that led it all to coming together. And one of the, the friends of yours that I think has been instrumental in helping you is the designer, Brian Costello. Mm-hmm. So you guys were friends previous to mm-hmm. this. 
So how early on did you bring him on? Was he a big resource for you guys? Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I've always loved design, interior design. I did for maybe a minute think about doing it myself <laughs> and then quickly retracted and said, oh my God, no, I need help. And Brian and I had been friends. He had a shop just a block away from where we live, Holder Home and Goods. And I approached him probably, we had just started renovating. So like, you know, ordering of things and was coming up and picking out paint and all that thing. Uh, so I approached him and I knew he was trying to break into the interior design world in, in Raleigh. And he was going to, I didn't know he was going to close the shop because of that, but he was like, yes, <laughs> immediately. <laughs> I don't think I even got the full question out. And it was very much, I made it very clear that I wanted it to be a partnership because I wanted to have a really big part in the design. And it was the perfect balance because I'm not a designer. I knew what I liked and what I wanted the experience to feel like in the hotel, but I didn't know exactly how to make that come out in the couch you're sitting on or the paint colors or the, so he was a wonderful resource and it was a perfect balance. I didn't know how to, you know, source things and he did all of that. It was, it was, a, it was probably one of my favorite experiences about the whole process. I mean, I definitely got to a point where I said, I don't care what paint color it is or what it looks like. <laughs> like I'm done making decisions, uh, but it was fun. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. I mean, his style, if you're in the hotel and walking around, it's like the perfect blend of modern, but then mm -hmm. it pays so much homage to like the original character of the, the space. Architecture. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's it was stunning. A, yeah. We had a lot of pre, you know, pre-design meetings where it was, how do we fuse the two? Right? It's a very old house. So we want to highlight the architecture, but I don't want it to feel like a old grandma's bed and breakfast. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> so, I mean, it wasn't just like, oh, I like that. And I like that. It was there, like lots of planning, lots of spreadsheets. And where the, where the common threads, you know, most of our rugs are old, vintage, mm -hmm. antique, but all of our lighting is new. So it was like, where do we find the thread and how does it feel when people are in here? It was really about how, how do our guests feel when they're in this space and what keeps them coming back because of the design. And then traveling. So did you guys travel a bit for inspiration and mm -hmm. like to get ideas? Did you know like the style you were going for? Yeah, I think it was at least the style was easy because the house is so old. Keeping but, true. Yeah, like yeah. keeping true to that, but keeping it feeling fresh and welcoming and modern. And actually, Brian was a really good balance for me because I like the old, like, vintage feel. And he's like, no, you need to get some stuff. That's some modern. modern. And the good, and so it was a really good balance. But, yeah, Jeff and I traveled a bit to other boutique hotels before we opened, not just for design, not really for design, honestly. It was more about how they operated. What did we like that they were doing? What could we take from it? And a lot of the owners would talk to us about their process and uh, operations so that was cool and then you I've, I've seen some of your stories where you would test out like the <laughs> bathrooms and oh yeah that was the fun. sheets and like all the fun parts like are they soft enough yes yeah, send me more samples please <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get to drink enough of that tea can you send me more yeah um yeah so that was really fun and when we would travel I would make notes like I have just pages of notes on my phone of you know staying places and the products that we liked and didn't like uh, so definitely, I, I think some people stay here and they think that 
I don't know. People sometimes are shocked when I'm like, ah, I picked that everything in your room. Like I used that shampoo. I made sure I yes. picked everything. Like I wanted this to be a place I would want to stay. So I hope people see that and reflect, reflect in the things I picked. Yeah. I feel like you feel that when you're here and even from like really early on, I think the very first time I came across you guys on social, it was very early. I don't even know if you guys had started actual renovations yet. And like Vogue was doing a photo shoot here. Mm-hmm. Like, how does that even happen? Like, <laughs> I mean, I can't even imagine. I, that was very, that was, that was cool. It's all about the people, you know, in this, in this town. And I slowly just started, I've met so many amazing people starting this business. Like Raleigh is the coolest business owners and people and everyone's so supportive. And so Brian's partner, um, Donna is also a stylist and she had a, her hairstylist friend, photographer was working for the, you know, it was just like one of those things. And I made a commitment at the beginning, even when, before we started renovations to be very present on social media, because I knew that was going to be a driving force for our marketing and everything. So they saw the house and it just worked. It was really cool. Yes. It was beautiful before we renovated, just in a different way. <laughs> yes, it was. I mean, the Peeling wallpaper. Plaster. Yes, it was all. But, it. I mean, the photos turned out stunning, yes. like, because of that. Yeah, a special keepsake to look back on now. Let's take a break to tell you about our sponsor, Industrious. Industrious is your all-in-one solution for co-working, private offices, and on-demand meeting space. With over 160 locations globally, Industrious is committed to providing an unparalleled work experience, all-inclusive amenities, and flexible terms to support teams of all sizes and stages. Just like Women's Social Club, Industrious is all about community and connection, and maybe some happy hours as well. Head on over to industriousoffice.com and use promo code WSC for a free week of co-working. That's industriousoffice.com, promo code WSC. All right, let's get back to the show. So you're going through the renovation process pre-pandemic. The pandemic hits. Like, you know, you guys are putting a lot into this, like, I know you're, you both have full-time jobs at the time, mm-hmm. but still, like, everything is poured into this. So what did that look like? Like, what was the decision-making process on, like, do we pause? Do we keep going? Like, with your construction team, like, what did that look like? I mean, luckily, construction didn't pause, honestly. And we had ordered all of our materials before like we had them pretty pretty much everything uh there were a couple things that got delayed like door hardware and stuff but we were very lucky in the sense that we didn't have a lot of delays because of that but and you know we had a couple weeks set back people got sick you know on our team and um which was unfortunate but it didn't affect us that much and at that point I I was hoping we were going to open that fall but I didn't I kind of was expecting based on our builder like it wasn't gonna happen yeah so it didn't change a lot. We just pushed forward and took it a day by day, which I think everyone was doing at that point. We didn't know it was going to be another month or another – we didn't know it was going to be a three-year thing. So Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because you had the existing shell, but then you actually added on to it. Yes. So 
how was it trying to blend like the old with the new and was that a struggle not as hard as I thought it would be um you know we didn't add to the footprint of the house the first floor just came out farther so we plopped Mm -hmm. four new rooms on top of it you know it was was hard we had to I could do a whole nother podcast with you about (laughs) rezoning and going through the historic commission and approvals and uh, that was probably the hardest part because they want it to look anything new that you're adding to a historic house has to look different, but also seamlessly look similar. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, we were work- working with wonderful builders and contractors who made that happen. It wasn't, um, but the interior, it's fun. And, you know, I'm ha- if no one's seen it, I'm happy to show afterwards that they look very different. They're more modern, but they feel cohesive. It yes. wasn't that hard. It was fun. Yes. It was fun to design and. And pick the materials and they all have common threads like the old the old rugs and the sinks are all the same so there's it still feels similar to the historic rooms so you mentioned earlier a little bit about having kids and all mm-hmm. of that so i remember following you and you're like oh we're not busy enough we're adding a dog and i'm pregnant with the first no 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 <laughs> i did not know i was pregnant with the second when we got the dog <laughs> I was just like, they're having two kiddos and a dog and they're renovating like this massive mm-hmm. historic property. So how how did that impact like your flow, your day? Were you still working full time at your other job? No, I had quit my full time job, I think actually like fall of 2019. So we had we were just starting renovations here, but I, you know, we had talked about starting a family for a while. I mean, I'll just sugarcoat it. It was not, <laughs> it was so hard. I, if I went back, I would not open a business and have kids. Yeah. Just to be, yeah. for me, I think it was very, very hard and challenging. It's a blur, to be quite honest. Like, you know, as kids, it was just having a kid in general. It was life-changing. And then doing that on top of quitting job and starting a business and renovating a house, uh, it was really hard. I'm glad they're here. Yes. But I would do it differently. (laughs) And April 2021, that was when you guys officially opened. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of like this revenge wedding season Mm -hmm. for all the people who had to like put their weddings on pause. So I can't imagine how busy you must have been. The demand, one, just because this is a super unique property here locally, but then also, you know, with the demand times 10. Mm -hmm. So what did that look like in terms of like your bookings and you guys were still having to follow, I mean, like COVID protocols and all of that. I mean, we had people book weddings with us before we even opened. I mean, before we even finished renovating, which was amazing like that these people, (laughs) A, trusting we were going to open our vision without seeing it. When we opened, yeah, we were still, you know, we weren't doing a lot of the things we do now because of COVID. And we were a new venue that I think people were really excited about, but we are a, kind of a niche. Like we aren't a, just a big open venue. So it was the right people finding us and us finding them. Uh, and there was a lot of interest and demand. We didn't do a ton of weddings the first year just because we were getting our footing and everything. And we had a wedding the first week we opened though. Yes, I remember <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> it was crazy. I had a one-year-old and I was pregnant. Uh, but it worked out and they had the best wedding. So that's all that matters. It's been fun balancing. Are we a hotel? Are we a venue? Are we a bar? Well, we're all three. But 
you know, where do we invest most of our time and how do we do what we want to do amongst the three of those things. So, so one of still the figuring things, it out. Yeah. And you mentioned about, you know, we're sitting in the parlor tonight. So when people want to come, this is open to the public, correct? Do you need to make reservations or? No, you don't have to make reservations. Uh, you can walk in. We Well, I think if you have more than four people, we okay. suggest a reservation. Because it's, it's an intimate space, you know, we don't, and we do limit it because we always have hotel guests here too. So yeah, you can make a reservation on our website or you can just walk in and Will, our prime manager, is wonderful and He's been, it's having this open in the last six months has been so fun because it's the first opportunity for people to come enjoy the space without having an overnight room, you know, that's, or having an event. Uh, so the, the energy in the house is a lot different and there's people here every night. It's, it's fun. And I know that you do, like you were saying, we're a venue, we're a hotel. So what are the different ways that people can be a part of it? Yeah. So I, I've said since writing my business plan from day one that I wanted to be a hotel first. Like that's just what I wanted it to be for Raleigh. It's what I wanted to invest my time and energy into. Uh, the venue for events obviously just kind of fell into the house itself. And so that's the second part. Uh, and that's where I have one full-time person. That's our events manager. And then the parlor was the last ad and that like I just mentioned has been a wonderful addition uh that's the other way that people can enjoy the space it's amazing it's it's fun to see how you've added to it as it's mm -hmm. grown I feel like that's one of the things my favorite parts about business in general mm -hmm. is getting to so it's never what you think it's going to be it's never mm -hmm. what it looks like at first um and it'll continue to grow. I know last time we were here, you mentioned like future plans and, and ideas. You were mentioning wanting to do on-site events that you would put yeah, together. Yeah, in-house events, yeah. Yeah, have you started doing those? Yeah, so we did a few where we did a chocolate tasting with uh, Eskazu. And then, but we're going to start this year doing a bunch of reoccurring ones. So reoccurring pop-up dinners kind of thing. Ooh. And then we're going to do afternoon tea because we want to start doing. Yes, I love it. <laughs> it's it's uh, There's so many ideas. It's more about time. Like, I just don't have yes. time to do it. This year, we're going to have more time. Um, so there'll be more in-house events, and they're going to be really fun. So how can people find out about the event? So the best way is to sign up for our mailing list, which is on our website. You can sign up there. And then our Instagram, we always share, which is Heights House NC. There is one more thing that has been a very big thing for you guys. So getting featured in Travel and Leisure mm -hmm. this year, I mean, as a destination hotel, yes. I mean, that's a really big deal. It was How big did deal. that come to be? Like, did you reach out to them? Did they come to you? Was it similar to the Vogue situation? Um, yes and no. I mean, we, we work with a wonderful PR rep and... They sent, and with Visit NC, which, you know, our tax dollars pay for, they yeah. reach out if they have media coming to town. I'm pretty sure it came from them, but there was a, you know, there's so many freelance writers um, that that write for various outlets, and one of them came and stayed with us, Betsy Andrews. She's wonderful. Uh, she was doing a piece on some other restaurants, I think, and wrote a piece about us, so, for travel and leisure. 
And then every year Travel and Leisure does their top new hotels and they ask their contributors for suggestions and who should we feature in this list. So she, yeah, we didn't reach out to them. They, she suggested us and it was, it was a really big deal. Honestly, it was, it was, and it was in a hard moment of, I think I just had Leo, my second, you know, my second, and I was trying to balance being here and then, and doing, and being mom again. And that came out and I was like, well, I think I also had COVID at the time. And I was just like, oh, but this is great. And it really was wonderful and very honored that they even include us on the list with only, I think there was only a few in the States and only one in North Carolina. So um, it felt like all the hard work was being recognized, which is always nice. Yes. And have you guys seen people coming and inquiring based on that? Yeah. Yeah. We have, you know, our guests are definitely a mix of locals doing a staycation. Um, but we get a lot of people traveling from, from other places and saying they saw us on Travel and Leisure or our state magazine did a really nice feature. And we're trying, I'm trying to get a little bit more, you know, national outlets to cover us. Cause I, I think not just us as a hotel, but Raleigh in general should be a national destination. Like Raleigh's really cool. And there's so much to do here and see here and food to eat. And I want Raleigh to, you know, Heights House to be part of that. So what is your favorite place to just sit? Do you ever allow, have you, have you had a time when you've allowed yourself to kind of sit and just absorb what you've built? <sighs> Yeah, I have a few. I mean, I'm mostly working when I'm here. It's hard not, it's hard. To, like Jeff and I have tried to come here for a date and we're like, oh, no, I need to go do that rug is messed up. Like I can't sit here. But my favorite spot to probably relax. I mean, I stayed here with a girlfriend overnight. That was nice. Who was visiting and just being tucked away in a room and enjoying it and not working. Uh, but I love the dining room is by far my favorite room. I think it's very peaceful, very calming. There's coffee and just a nice place to be. That's my favorite room. It definitely, for me, it feels like modern day Downton Abbey-ish. <laughs> like I can imagine having, this would be like the perfect location. After, afternoon tea. Yes. Yeah. And live out like your Downton Abbey <laughs> dreams. I don't watch it, so I'm like, I don't have time, but maybe I'll start. <laughs> it's really good. Okay. Yes, it really is. So what do you see for yourself you, your family, Heights House in the future? Are you guys really just in it right now for right now? Or do you have dreams, aspirations, thoughts about? I don't know that I would ever open another one. It would have to be like the right, right space, right time in our lives. And something I was really passionate about. Like I, I walked into this house for the first time and I was just like in love. I just, I loved the house it would have to be another property like that. And I'd have to have the right team in place here that could function, you know, operate without us. Yes. And we're a block away and still come and help guests when there's no one here. You know, I'm the, we're the ones doing that. So it's just a lot still right now on us. But I hope, you know, I hope we're still uh, a big part of this in a couple of years. And it's still growing and we're doing more things that people can enjoy the space. No more kids for a while. <laughs> No more animals, a bigger house. We live in a very small house right now. I definitely see Heights House being a big part of Raleigh and yes. the story for the city and growth and yes. that sort of thing. So I don't think you have anything to worry about <laughs> yeah, there. Um, 
But yeah, is there anything that you feel like we didn't cover that you want to add or? Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think. I know at the beginning I asked you, like, you know, are, are a lot of listeners and members entrepreneurs or, you know, I think I recently had um, our architect that we worked with, Mauer Architectures, consulting uh, a family in Durham who has an old house and they're thinking about renovating it into a small hotel. And okay. so they came to walk around and, and ask me questions. And and just in terms of starting a business, they were like, well, what, do you have any advice? And I was like, the number one thing I said was to trust your gut. And I know it kind of sounds cliche, but there I can pinpoint moments in this process through renovating or how we spend our money or where I felt like I should have done one thing, but an expert in the field told me I should do it this way. And sometimes they're, they're probably right. They're the expert. But like in those moments, I was like, no, I, I just don't agree with that. I'm, I want to do it this way, but they're the expert. I'll just listen to them. And it didn't, it wasn't the right thing to do. I like still like yes. talk about it like regularly. And Jeff's like, you have to stop. I'm like, ah. so that's my one advice is, uh, to trust your gut because you're the one doing this. This is my vision, not theirs. And they might be an expert in brick, but like, I don't know if that helps anyone. <laughs> I can see that. I can relate to that for yeah. sure because I can pinpoint exact decisions and moments mm-hmm. um, in my career with being an entrepreneur in those moments. And it's the same thing. Like, you know, exactly in your mm-hmm. gut, like what to do. But or who then, to work with. Yes. Or, yeah. Like you just see. know, but you allow yourself to be talked into something else mm-hmm. because someone is an expert mm-hmm. in that area. I've never done it before, so they would know best. Right. But, uh, I definitely don't think that's the case. Yeah. I love that advice. Yeah. So how can people follow you, find out more, continue to support yeah. you guys? Come hang out at the parlor and have an <laughs> event here. Stay for an overnight. Uh, our website's Heights House NC, like North Carolina.com. Uh, that's also all of our social media handles, Heights House NC. And yeah, you can support us through staying here, sending people here, um, having an event, coming to the parlor, talking about, you know, in all my years of customer service, I've learned that the the number one way people get recommendations is through their friends, right? So, you know, we work really hard on our Google reviews and having people just tell people about it. Like, that doesn't cost anybody anything. Like, just tell your friends if you've had a good experience here. Because uh, it's our it's our livelihood now, and it's it means a lot. People do that. Well, thank you so yeah, much thank for you. letting us take thank over. Thank you all for being here. Yeah. And it was so fun being here. Yeah, so good to see you again. Good to see you, too. Thanks. Thank you so much to Sarah Shepard, who you can find at heightshousenc.com. And a few ways to follow Women's Social Club. One, you can subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast app. And two, you can visit thewomensocialclub.co and find the community that's closest to you. If there's nothing close to you, please let us know. And third, Follow us on social media where you'll find clips of this podcast as well as Women's Social Club's events throughout the country. We're at Women's Social Club on both Instagram and TikTok and at The Women's Social Club on Facebook. 
This podcast is edited and produced by Airfluence. I'm Hannah Weisberg, and on behalf of everyone at the Women's Social Club, we can't wait to welcome you into our sisterhood. We'll see you again soon with the next episode.